All right. Garrett Anderson coming at you live on another Live At You podcast, Friday, August 28th, 2020. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some recent dental work that I had done and uh, teaming up with two other musicians to play some trio gigs. And the intro and outro music today will, will probably be um, uh, some little snippets that we recorded. The uh, bass player, Marcus, brought along a little Zoom recorder to set up on the stage and just capture a rough recording. You know, nothing like, you know, soundboard quality or, or anything like that. Just a little stage recording for us to listen back on and kind of enjoy and critique. And I figured it would be fun to use that because it's, um, you know, some recent uh, some recent live live music. And these two topics, the the jamming with the trio and the dental work kind of coincide because um, like an insane person, I uh, committed to the gig that was a week after, a week and a day after getting some dental work done. And I, I, I didn't quite understand the extent of my recovery. They kind of made it sound like no big deal. They were just like, hey, yeah. So the backstory is I had a bridge put in. I, I, I ended up losing one of my back molars. Um, kind of a long story. Um, kind of a funny story, actually. I was... <laughs> I had had some work done on this tooth. I think the nerve was damaged or something. I think I had a root canal there. So the tooth was already starting to get dinged up a little bit. And then I was at a, uh, I had a crown on it. I was at a concert uh, with some buddies, a sleep, sleepover concert, a slumber party concert. Um, no, like a festival thing where we were tent camping. It was for fish, Magnaball, uh, a couple years ago. And um, <laughs> late night, we come back from, from the show and... Uh, I'm, you know, having a little snack, a hard pretzel, and I chew down on this hard pretzel, and part of my crown and part of my tooth just, like, just falls out in my mouth. And it was a very, it was unfortunate timing, because, of course, we're there to have a good time, and I'm, I'm, you know, now it's, like, mind over matter. Like, can I be mentally tough and just still have a good time, not whine and bitch about my, my broken tooth? Um, thankfully, it didn't hurt. It was just concerning um, to know that I was in need of, uh, you know, dental assistance. I was going to say, like, dedicated dental care. Um, trip up on my words there. So my buddy, thank goodness, knew a guy that was camping near us uh, through the scene. He had met this guy that he knew from like his hometown or somehow he knew this dentist that was camping just a few tents away. And, um, <laughs> and he happened to be there too. You know, the, the concert had ended. So everyone was kind of like making their way back to their tents. And uh, so this this dentist guy uh, he's, he's willing to take a look at my teeth and he pulls out a little flashlight and he, you know, shines it in my mouth. He was like, all right, well, here's the deal. You're going to be fine. You know, just kind of swish some water around, just keep it clean. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing you have to do right now. Um, you're fine. And that was nice. I really just needed the reassurance that I didn't need to like, you know, borrow my buddy's car and drive to the closest emergency dental clinic or something. And he said, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, he was like, but definitely, you know, go, go see your dentist when you get back home. And, uh, the next morning we see him again and, uh, he, he was funny. He was like, yeah, man, you know, that was a long night of, of partying at the concert. And then to take a look at your mouth was, uh, was quite a trip. Um, so, uh, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm doing fine. He was like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you last night and bum you out, but you're probably going to lose that tooth. And I was like, ah, crap. Well, oh, well, say la vie, right? 
So I, I get home, you know, I, I lost the tooth. They had to extract it. And I got a bridge put in five years ago, six years ago. And uh, the, I wore a hole through the bridge with my other tooth. My bottom tooth wore a hole through my top tooth, uh, the, the, the fake bridge part. So now the bridge is, is no good because plaque and stuff, bacteria can seep into the hole and uh, degrade my teeth. Um, this is a weird story for a mu- musician to be sharing. This is a music podcast, kind of, but it's also just, I'm a, I'm a dude. Uh, I'm a musician, but I'm also just a dude, a dad and a father. Uh, dad and father are the same thing. Dad and husband is what I meant to say. But anyway, so my dentist now is like, hey, you know, we found this hole in your bridge. We got, what do you want to do? Do you want to replace the bridge or do you want to take it off, get two crowns on the adjacent teeth, and then for the spot where you're missing a tooth, we'll do an implant. And I was like, all right, let's do that. It was a little more expensive of a solution, but I'm, you know, I'm young enough where I, I'll get some mileage out of this. So I was like, all right, it's a good investment. Let's do the implant. Oh, well, it turns out on the x-ray, you don't have quite enough bone there to do the implant. Like we want to do a, a sinus lift to get your sinus out of the way and a bone graft to put some extra bone in there so that there's enough of like, you know, um, the post of the implant goes into bone and it needs to have enough bone there to be sturdy. So I'm like, all right, yeah, that sounds okay. Like what, what do I do for that? And they're like, okay, well, first, first things first, you come in, we'll, we'll get you your crowns. I was like, all right, cool. Let's do that. And then I'll schedule the sinus lift and bone graft. I was like, all right, great, cool. And no one's really telling me about the, the recovery. And it dawns on me a couple days before I was in there to get my permanent crowns put on. And I said, hey, so like, should I take off work uh, at all? Like, I'm getting this done on a Thursday morning. Am I going to be able to work later that day? And they were like, oh, well, are you doing general anesthesia? And I I was like, what do you mean? Like, get put under? Like, go to sleep? And they were like, yeah, are are you opting to do that? And I was like, I don't know. No one one asked me. <laughs> and uh and they were like, oh, okay, well that's probably it's optional. Like you you could do it, but you don't need to do it. And then I started thinking, I was like, how serious is this? Like some people go under for this? Like I the last time I went under was for some sinus surgery that I had to get done. I got my tonsils removed. God, this is such an old man thing to do. Just start listing off your ailments. I'm only 36, but my body uh, I've <laughs> I've gotten like 70 years of wear and tear out of this body already. Um so anyway, I, I was like, I was not too keen on the idea of going under. I was like, well, how long does this take? And they're like, ah, you're probably in the chair, you know, for if we do local anesthesia and just kind of numb up that area, you'll be in the chair for half hour, 45 minutes. So I was like, all right, I've, I've, I, I can do that. I've done root canals and stuff before. Um, and it's not pleasant. You know, your mouth is agape. That's a good word. You never really get to use that, that word very often. Um, my mouth was agape. Um, I was thinking about what other things could be a gape and my mind went somewhere dirty and, and I'm just going to leave that there. Um, but, uh, so it's uncomfortable, but I could, I could deal with it. I even sometimes I'm kind of weird like this. I relish sometimes knowing that I've got to be in a tough situation. Sometimes I'm like, well, my, I'm like I said, mind over matter, like mentally, I'm going to be really tough about this. I'm just going to deal with it. And, uh, you know, get Zen about it and relax my toes and relax my calves and relax my knees and relax my hands. And then, you know, two minutes later, you feel yourself all tense again and you go, okay, hold on, relax my shoulders, relax my hands, you know? Um, but this, uh, this was kind of tough. Um, if I had to do it again, would I go under? 
Probably not. Um, I think I would have made the same choice, but it was kind of borderline because, um, you know, he gets me all nice and numb. I couldn't feel anything that was happening while the doctor was doing it. But, um, but yeah, so this is where it might get a little, uh, a little descriptive. Um, so they have to cut into my gum and use a tool to kind of reach in there and push my sinus up to create room. And then through a different hole, uh, right below where the, the implant is going to go in, they, uh, use a syringe to push a bunch a bunch of bone fragments like the size of sand particles into uh where the the bone is either above maybe above the existing bone i'm not quite sure about that it might be above or next to or beside or hopefully not below because i wouldn't want that to recede too much um but they're professionals they know what they're doing so anyway they have these syringes of bone fragments and um the, the guy said, uh, while he was doing this, he was like, man, you, man, you needed a lot of bone. We went through like a thousand dollars worth of bone there and it's, it's bovine cow bone. So now I've, I've, I've got like pieces of cow bone that my mouth is healing and like in, incorporating into my existing bone. And hopefully like my whole face just kind of, um, you know, welcomes this cow bone particles into my mouth, um, so that there's enough bone there for the implant to go in. So I'm only, um, two weeks into recovery and the first week sucked. I did not realize how bad it was going to be, but I came home that day. I didn't take any time off of work or anything. And I came home and first of all, I've got gauze, you know, to stop the bleeding. I came home, I drove myself home and gauze sticking out of my mouth for the first uh, half hour. And then I had to change that gauze every 20 minutes for, you know, until the bleeding stopped. That was uncomfortable, but I, you know, I set up my laptop. I was getting my work done. I couldn't talk with anybody really. Um, and it took a long time for my face to numb. They used a lot of local anesthesia and because it was on kind of my upper right side, my right eyeball was even feeling a little numb. Like that was crazy. It was a weird sensation. So it took a long time for the numbing to wear off. And, uh, and, and when it did, I was glad that we have prescription medicine, um, I had a little bit of, uh, like high powered ibuprofen and a little bit of like oxycodone acetaminophen for the pain. And, um, I don't love messing around with that stuff. I know that, you know, opioid epidemics, uh, are like a, you know, serious problem when people get hooked on that stuff. And thankfully I've, I, I can just use it as pain medicine. Um, I don't, I don't become reliant on it. So I tried to use as little as I needed. And then maybe just one for fun. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, I was really glad, you know, thank God for science uh, and these kind of modern solutions. So that's how I deal with this, the, the pain of it and the kind of inconvenience of it is I'm just like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that they can fi- fix my tooth situation and that there's people that dedicate their lives to being professionals in these areas. And um, so... The other really gnarly thing about this recovery is, you know, there's, they had to cut some extra holes in my, in my face, in my mouth, like up there near, you know, my top right molars. And I didn't realize this was going to be happen, uh, but it, you know, so I'd got the surgery done Thursday morning, Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I was waking up. And when I woke up, I kind of had like bone fragments on my tongue, like little sand sized, you know, grains of sand sized bone fragment that I was kind of like, I could feel it on my tongue. 
and I was kind of like, this, like kind of rinsing them out. Um, they said I couldn't do anything like suck on a straw or, or blow really hard. Like basically anything that would create a vacuum in your mouth, they discouraged me from doing for the first few days because they didn't want me to rupture my stitches. And, you know, and, and so I got, I got paranoid. I was like, oh shoot, why am I tasting? Like, why am I feeling bone in my mouth? Why is this on my tongue? I got really concerned and I called the emergency line and I was like, Hey, is this normal? I don't know what's happening here. And they patched me through the, to uh, my doctor and he fielded the phone call, which was nice. And uh, he was like, Hey, you know, nothing to worry about. If it's just a little bit that can happen over the next week or two. I was like, Oh, Oh, well, thanks for the heads up. You know, here I was thinking that spent all this money and just, you know, sat in that chair for three hours, had my eyeball numb for half the day. And uh, we're just going to have to go do it all again. I was like really, really concerned. And he, he put me at ease. He said, this totally normal. We overpack the area um, to make sure that there's enough. We used plenty on you. Um, if it's not bleeding, you should be good. I was like, great. Well, my face swells up really bad. First day was like swollen a little bit. Second day was like, okay, now it looks like maybe somebody punched you in the cheek. And then the third day, I got a little bit of a black eye. And it's kind of neat. They have this stuff down to a science. They're like, okay, yeah, swelling will increase for like two or three days. And then by the third day or fourth day, you'll, you'll see the swelling start to decrease. Well, and this is where it's going to get a little medical again. Well, swelling what's swelling, right? So I'm thinking, I'm like living through this and I'm like wondering like, why is my face all puffy? It's like extra fluid and stuff. So your body can get the right kind of cells and the right kind of blood. Like, you know, I, I don't know, white blood cells. Is that, is that medical? Like whatever, whatever the helper, um, <laughs> the helper mechanisms in your body are to go heal an area, right? You gotta, gotta flood that area with stuff. And I guess that's what swelling is like extra fluid. And so, um, I apologize if you're squeamish, but, uh, so, you know, I said I couldn't like suck on a straw or blow or anything. Well, when I kind of accidentally kind of puffed up my lips a little bit, um, like imagine if you're trying to make a trumpet sound with your, with your mouth, like, um, so kind of like puff up your lips a little bit. Well, when I did that on my right side, I was getting some like excretion or like, you know, I was creating some pressure where the swelling, like the, the swelling juice was like squirting back into my mouth. And it was freaky. It was really freaky because you're not used to, I mean, you get used to like hawking a loogie or whatever. So, I mean, I know that all that stuff is kind of connected. You know, there's ways where if you go... Like you can sniff your boogers back into your throat. So I know it's all connected kind of, but I've never felt liquid come through a different hole in my face before. And that was really surprising. I did not like that sensation at all, but it was kind of relieving because it relieved some of that pressure from the swelling. So then I was like, oh, wait, can I like, can I like life hack my recovery here by kind of just gently ever so slightly puffing out my cheeks and getting some of that squirtiness to happen and then I'll just spit it out? I don't know if that's recommended. I think you should probably just let your body take its course and not like make conscious decisions about that sort of stuff. But 
there I was with a red solo cup walking around my house, just like forcing myself to get this pus <laughs> to to spit and to squirt into my mouth. And then I'm spitting it into this red cup. My family, God bless them. They were so patient with me because I know that that's gross, but my wife never said anything. And my kids just asked me what was going on. They were, they were curious. They were like, why is your face like that? I was like, oh, daddy's not in a good mood. Uh, this is really uncomfortable. But uh, so I think, I don't know. I didn't do it tons. I just did it a little bit. And I was like, it, it, it relieved some of the pressure. Um, and I was using hot packs. So use ice the first day and then use hot packs for the swelling. And, you know, my gums are recovering. My sinus is, is all like confused. He's like, why am I up here now? Um, to make way for some cow bone, apparently. So, I mean, it is just amazing that this stuff happens and I feel a little bit like a guinea pig and like I'm watching my own situation from like outside my body. Uh, that's kind of how I just mentally deal with anything medical with myself. Um, but, uh, I'm feeling so much better now. Um, but the crazy thing is, is I was wiped out. It, it, the pain was manageable. The pain wasn't so bad, but the fatigue of feeling my body recover was just a bummer. And I missed exercising. I wasn't allowed to exercise or do anything where I was getting my heart rate and my blood rate up for a couple of days. Um, I actually really haven't exercised in two weeks and I feel weird. Um, but, uh, so I couldn't exercise, you know, sleeping was uh, difficult cause I was kind of tossing and turning and, you know, managing my pain. I was waking up at four in the morning to take another pain medication and, and trying to get some rest, but sleeping was, was hard. And just the fatigue, I just started feeling really bummed out. And so I, it dawned on me that I kind of had like, you know, those Russian stacking dolls where I don't know if they're called like babushkas or something, but the little Russian dolls that that are painted and you open them up like halfway through, they can kind of disconnect and you open them up and then there's another one. And then you pull that one out and you open it up and there's another little one and a smaller one and a smaller one. So they're like stacked Russian dolls. That's kind of what I did with my suffering. Um, because like, of course we're all de dealing with like coronavirus and like politics and just life in general in America right now. Um, and, uh, you know, that's its own level brand of, of suffering. And that was getting really boring and old. Like I said, it's like March 700th day of March. Um, so like I miss my friends, I miss my family. It sucks having to cancel vacations. Um, you know, it sucks doing the mental gymnastics of like, well, these, these neighbors are going to have an outdoor get together. They say only this one other family's coming and they all say that they've been pretty socially distant and they're getting ready to send their kids back to preschool. So let's say yes to that one this weekend. And then we'll like kind of not see anybody for 10 or 14 days. Uh, you know, it's like the, all these mental gymnastics. Um, and I mean, yeah, no one is experienced with living through pandemics. We're, we're going to figure it out as we go. Yes. I have, uh, opened up the door to some possibility of some socializing that for the first three months I was like staunchly against, I was like, no, that is not the spirit of social distancing. We need to be very, uh, you know, err on the side of caution, you know, the greater good is at stake and all that, all that preachy stuff, which I contend if everyone thought that way, we would be in a much better situation than we are. Although, um, you know, 
Uh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to argue an alternative history. But uh, but recently, for the sake of mental sanity and watching my wife, like poor poor dear, she's extroverted more so than I am. She was really like you know I mean I'm I like to consider myself somewhat good company and somewhat entertaining, but not all the time, and not if it's the only person you ever see. So, I mean, I'm feeling for her. She needs to, we, we call it collecting coins. It's like, what gives you your energy? Do you get your energy by resting and recuperating by yourself or pursuing something creative by yourself or, or with a small group like, like I like to do? Or is it, you know, interacting with others really gets you fired up? And so she was just, her bank was depleted. There was a run on the coins and... um yeah, she, they, she was cashed out. So she, she needed to collect some coins. So I said, all right, so we're going to balance the risk of COVID-19 versus the risk of going batshit insane. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll balance it out. We'll figure it out. We'll go with the flow, figure it out. So anyway, uh, one of the ways that, that I kind of justified playing uh, these trio gigs was, you know, it's good for my soul people need a little bit of positivity and a good diversion and and uh, you know selfishly I wanted to go play with these other musicians I was really excited about it because I've been a solo act out here in Arizona for you know four or five years and it was super exciting to get to play with other musicians that could f- rock you know these guys these guys can swing um, and uh, so I'm only a week into recovering. And I've got this this gig booked on a Friday night. So basically, I like Thursday would have been the soonest I could have done like anything. Like Wednesday, Tuesday, like that would have really taken some some internal fortitude and strength to to do. And frankly, singing was concerning to me because sometimes I create these little pockets of of air in my mouth. Right? I w- I wasn't sure what singing was gonna feel like, and um. It, it was, it was a little rough. Like Friday was the earliest I could have done it, you know, like maybe Thursday, but Friday I was like, okay, so I rested up yesterday. I'm going to go to the gig. I'm going to have a good time. We're just going to get through it. I was like, I'm not going to do any oxycodone before I go on stage. I'm going to take my ibuprofen, my ibuprofen. And, um, I didn't want to be like nodding off or like crash my car on the way home or something, or these guys to think I'm like some junky musician guy. Um, but, um, but I was, I was genuinely concerned and I kind of told myself like, Hey, we'll, we'll get through this. It's only a two hour gig. You know, if, um, if, if singing is painful, just play a little more guitar, maybe only sing like 80%. And that's hard for me to do. Once I'm up there trying to put on a good show, it's hard to, to, you know, dial it back. But, uh, it was weird. It was really, really freaking weird. Cause I still had that. I, I was describing how I could feel like air or liquid or whatever going through that other kind of like spot in my face that was healing. And I was like, I really don't want to blow this out. So I did my best. I, I sang as well as I could. It wasn't, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't a hundred percent, but, um, the guitar playing was, was fun. And the, the bass player, uh, Marcus and the drummer, Donnie just crushed it. They came to play. And we had a fun set picked out, mostly covers, because we haven't gotten to practice that much, so it's easier to just pick a cover. Um, the one song that we just kind of fell on our faces on was After Midnight, because we couldn't quite sync up on 
how the progression was was turning around after after the chorus groove um but my guitar playing is I'm going to need to get so much better so so quickly because the bass player and the drummer can walk through the progression of the song and I have to be ready to to play through the changes whereas when I was just looping I was just looping kind of one segment of a tune so typically just one you know one piece of the chord progression and not necessarily playing through the changes so while I got you know kind of decent and and fun at playing over like a E7 groove you know I wasn't necessarily playing through the the chorus part or whatever so some really cool opportunities for me to grow as a player and I just I love that uh, I think just in two quick gigs of playing with these other players I'm like oh yeah I've gotten a lot better um one thing I was really proud about was we play Santeria that sublime song um I ain't got no Santeria I ain't got no crystal ball that one and I learned the guitar solo for it and I've never considered myself like a lead guitarist like quote unquote I've always been the songwriter, singer, rhythm guitar player, and just kind of by default and by maturing as a player over the years, I'm like, I can do this now. And the first time we played that song, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, here's my big chance. I've been practicing the solo all week. I'm going to nail it. And I totally fell on my face. I botched it so bad (laughs) the first time we played it Um, (laughs) at uh, a gig a few weeks ago, which was an outdoor gig, which is kind of why I glossed over it. It was was like, all right, this one's kind of safe for social distancing. People can wear their masks when they go inside to order food or whatever, and then everyone's sitting outside for the gig. So that one was kind of a safe, easy call to make to go make that my first gig back after taking a hiatus due to uh, social distancing. But uh, this this other one was indoors, but it gave me uh, opportunity number two to hit that solo of Santeria, and I, I think I did it pretty well. Um, I was very pleased with myself, or at least much better than the first time. So it, uh, it goes to show, uh, you know, I, I was able to have a little redemption there. But uh, I love how those guys are playing. Um, I'm really optimistic that we can get this, get a treatment figured out, get a vaccine figured out, and just come back to live music. I think people are going to be so happy to have something to do. I'm going to be so happy to, to get to keep working on that part of the mission. Um, and I'm just thrilled. Uh, there's, you know, we're, we're at the early stages, kind of the honeymoon stages of having some chemistry together as musicians. And that's super exciting right on the heels of putting out, you know, my, uh, on the air project on the air album. I, I, I don't know if people call them albums or projects or discs or EPs or LPs or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a collection of 12 songs. It's an album, right? Even though it's not pressed on vinyl. You can say vinyl if it's vinyl. You can say album if it's a collection of 12 songs, right? Or, I don't know, 8 eight to 12 songs. However songs you want. However many songs. There's no rules. It's just art. It's just sounds. It's just sounds, right? Sounds that I recorded and put together, hopefully in a meaningful uh, artistic fashion. So uh, this has been really great to uh, get a few things off my chest about um, recovering. And um, so, I, I, yeah, like I made it through the gig. Um, and, um, and it came home and it was wiped out for like another two days. I was like, oh, that was really premature. I should have given myself much longer time to recover before trying to go perform music, which is a physically demanding activity. 
but um but anyway it was it was worth it for my soul you know and uh and uh i don't know we'll see i got one more outdoor gig on the calendar sometime in september and then um i don't know nothing booked after that so weird i just i just want to be done with all this i know that's a sentiment everybody can relate to get my kids back to school online school is okay but it's just like it's not it's not the same um one other thing just kind of wrapping up on a positive note i um i was really down in the dumps you know so the gig was was a high and then i kind of crashed and was really fatigued and just kind of feeling bluesy and kind of being hard on myself that i'm not doing more with my life or you know further along in certain aspects of my life and my kids are growing up and i'm like where the hell's the time going and you know, I'm just feeling a little blue. So two, two things, if I could leave, um, leave you with some recommendations, if, if you ever get bluesy, like I do. Um, one was I, I tried a meditation. Um, the Peloton app has these, oh, by the way, because we're, we, we were stuck at home, we did pull the trigger on getting a, a Peloton bike, which is kind of fun. And I didn't realize part of the whole, the whole deal with that is it's part of a community of people that ride and you can kind of create this little network of people that, that are either going on live rides or checking out the same kind of videotaped, um, ride and you can ride them together and there's ways to give yourselves little high fives and kind of track each other's progress. So there's this neat community, uh, angle to it and I'm the G Anderson if you wanted to find me on that I would love to follow you um so the G Anderson on the Peloton app but uh, in addition to bike rides they have workouts and walks and runs and guided meditations and things and I was like yeah my, my wife's been doing some of those meditations to fall asleep and I was inspired by seeing her check that out I was like I want to check that out too so the one I did was a five minute kindness meditation and it was really cool. Basically, they say, you know, get yourself comfortable, sit down, take a deep breath. It's kind of cool that even just thinking about that made me take a deep breath before I said it. Um, and get yourself kind of centered. And then think of a, a time recently or in your past where someone showed you kindness. And remember that. And let it wash over you again. Remember the sensation of feeling that love and that kindness that came from someone in your life. And really picture it and picture them. Imagine they're sitting across the table from you. You know, what would you like to say to them? How would you like to feel in their presence? You know, what energy would you like to give back to them? And it was this really nice moment. And I actually had... Um, Kind of to my surprise, because when she said think of a moment or a person or a recent example, I was like, man, like, I'm a very lucky guy. I've got a, a lot of love in my life. Like, it's kind of hard to pick just one, but one did kind of bubble to the surface, which was an e email from my father-in-law that had a couple of our family members copied on it. And he's a, he's a religious uh, you know, person. Um you know, very spiritual guy. And he was like, Hey, I'd like to just offer this up as a prayer for Garrett's recovery. You know, uh, n surgery is never fun, but you know, let's, uh, let's pray that he gets better quickly and, and remembers all the joy and blessings in his life, uh, as he, as he comes out of this, uh, you know, even better and stronger or, or whatever, you know, something along those lines. And it was really touching and just kind of, you know, usually emails are annoying, but, um, that one, I was like, that's really nice of him. 
And I just kind of reflected on that moment. And it brought me to tears uh, in like in that meditation. Um, this is kind of funny. So actually, it took me two times to try that meditation because the first time I got one and a half minutes in to five minutes. And then I heard my kids upstairs be like, Dad, we need you. The online school link isn't working. What's my login? What's my password? And I, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even get five minutes to myself to meditate. So I, I turned it off. I went upstairs. I helped the kids. I went back downstairs, turned it on again, started over. And then like four and a half minutes in, my eyes were all tearied up because I was having this really nice moment of feeling kindness by remembering kindness for myself. And it's something that I don't, I, I don't know if I do that enough. Um, with some recent efforts into marketing some of the music because I just wrapped up that on the air project, it was weird to get some like kind of trolly uh, kind of comments on there. And it's weird how much louder the negative stuff is than the positive stuff in my mind. The negative stuff is like a thousand times louder. And I'll see something positive and I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I really appreciate that. And then 20 seconds later, I've forgotten. So I think maybe what I learned from this meditation is to like bask in those expressions of kindness and try to be a person deserving of kindness. Um, You know, I think we all are, um, but, you know, try not to make it too difficult for people to be kind with you and gentle with you and loving with you. And um, it was a really, really nice moment. And then the other thing I did was... I wanted to start my day off really well, and um, I've I've been missing connecting with some of my friends, and you know every trip that I've had to cancel, uh, where we were going to visit family or friends is like, oh man, that really sucks. So this morning I just I reached out to one of my best buds. He just had a, a baby girl, um, a couple, you know, not too long ago, maybe a month ago, um, and I was just like, hey man, send me a picture of your baby, <laughs> like. Uh, you know, how are you doing? And we caught up on text real quick. He sent me a couple pictures and it just really brightened my day. And I texted him back. I was like, thanks, man. I needed that. And, you know, to kind of reach out in that moment of need, like, I think maybe for much of my life, I've put too much emphasis on not feeling like I needed anyone. And like, I could go it alone and, you know, kind of this lone wolf toughness, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, ultra, like archetypical masculinity kind of thing where it's like feelings what are those like I just bury them down and then one day I'll die um so it's been nice to kind of allow myself to evolve in a way that is more dependent on the love that I can get from other people and use that as fuel to like you know just be excited to wake up in the morning you know, even when, if some of the days are starting to feel like Groundhog Day, you know, maybe I need to do something to just kind of like insert myself into the day and go like, no, today's going to be different. Today's going to be good. I'm going to talk to a loved one or, you know, send somebody a funny video or just connect in a way that's real um, and not just scrolling through the feeds scrolling through the endless feeds, which is not, not the best for my mental health. Cause then at the end of the day, I feel like I haven't done anything cause I didn't do anything. So on, on the one hand, it's like, I'm hard on myself when I deserve to be, but then being continuing to be hard on myself doesn't help me 
I just need to kind of snap out of it and, and find cool, effective little ways to snap out of it. So anyway, if that's helpful, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, I wanted to share that and it feels good to articulate this stuff. I think this is probably the longest I've talked in a long time. Because <laughs> me and my wife were just like, oh yeah, how are you? What's your day like? How's work? Okay, cool. Uh, that's an exaggeration. We're still having a good time. We're We're doing good. We're having fun. We're not tired of each other yet. And of course, the kids are always an adventure. Well, anyway, that's plenty of um, rambling. Uh, I hope you dig the tunes that we uh, that uh, that you know that are included at the end, uh, the beginning and the end of the podcast. And let me know what you think of the trio. Um, all right, everybody, be good, and we'll uh, do this again sometime. Peace.
coming home to town. Yeah, when they fall cold, oh, Tune there.